for your word this morning. We ask you to bless it. You've already started ministering to us through your spirit, Lord. You've moved our hearts in the right direction. You started getting our attention, Father God, with the things that concern uh, greater things than these we shall do uh, as we believe in you, O oh God. Greater things than the things you have done, the impact, the legacy you've left upon the earth, Lord. We're to do greater things than these. Father, we pray that our fruit would remain, that we would not be cultivating the fruit that dries up and that uh, turns into thorns and to thistles, Lord, but that we would have a harvest of glorifying uh, turns into thorns and to thistles, Lord, but that we would have a harvest of glorifying your name, of honoring your cause and furthering your kingdom, Lord, so we could hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter ye into the rest of the Lord. That's what we want, Lord. We want a passing grade in the things concerning your kingdom. So bless your word and prosper it. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us enlightenment. Let your spirit bring conviction in our hearts so that we could be transformed from glory to glory, even into your image, Lord. Let us understand your ways and not our ways, Lord. Your ways are higher. Prosper your word in the hearts of your people and further it, O oh God, in the legacies of a thousand generations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. I am struck by the unfamiliarity that we have with this thing called the church. I am struck with the fact that even though we've been, and we can talk about our grandmother being a member of the church, and our grandfather, and our father, and our mom, and our uncles have been a part of the church, but the church has with such a great inability to grasp its identity upon the earth. They don't know who they are, and they don't know what they've been called to. And so we start playing uh, circus with the church and we start playing around with the church. A lot of people have successfully made their church a country club, a gathering, a fellowship, a bless me club where we gather together and, and we're all concerned about our own. Uh, the stories have been greatly told as churches divide and break up because the elders committee can't decide what paint to use in the sanctuary how the tables will be set up in the cafeteria and churches come down and they're destroyed because the church gets involved in all manner of work except the work of the Lord I want to tell you what it says in John 9 verse 4 that God desires for us to get involved with the work that he's given us while it there is still time we should not be concerned with the uh, the little things and we should be ultimately concerned in the big things. And it says in John, the Gospel of John chapter 9 verse 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Because the night is coming when no one will be able to work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. This is a great responsibility that this gathering of people called the church have. And it's to stand up in our world to be the light. And in order to be the light, let me tell you something. You better work. You better the work the works of God. And while it is still time, we should be diligent in the work God has given us. And while there's not many that are attending to this work because they consider it of little return and little reward... Great is the reward of those who diligently seek God. The remunerations, the blessings, the fruitfulness. 
that God adds to those that are part of the work, I can tell you that far surpass anything you could achieve in this world. This world will not recompense you and reward you for being a member of the church or for working for the church. But I can tell you there's a God of heaven that makes it evidently clear to prosper and bless those who carry the weight of responsibility concerning the church. God makes sure that he crowns us with glory. Things that men won't be able to do. But those of us who have understood, those of us who are clearly identified with the church and know what that gathering of those who have Jesus Christ as the head, we know that the church was the Lord's passion. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said like this, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is an overcoming body. There's nothing that could come against the church that will overcome the church. There is no obstacle too high. There is no demon. There is no hell that will destroy the church. They've already tried. They've already tried to disrupt the work of the kingdom in the church. But they have discounted the fact that Jesus is the one who's building his church. A lady asked me once, Pastor, you're the senior pastor of your church. So does that mean you get to do whatever you want on a whim? And I said, lady, you don't know God. And you don't know how jealous he is for those who mess with this church. If you for one thought, for one moment thought that a man is going to do whatever he wants with the church of Jesus Christ, you're very mistaken. God's not going to allow anyone to disrupt and interrupt with this gathering of people called the church. He says we're to be the light of the world. The hell will not prevail against the power and the work of the church. And that the very fact that you would be invited to participate with the church is a gift of God. That he would make you part of the numbers of those who gather to honor and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great honor and privilege. In Acts chapter 2 verse 46. Every day they met together in the temple courts. And they broke their bread in their homes in fellowship. And they came together with gladness and sincere hearts. Their object was to lift up the name and the work and the presence of God. Seeing that they found grace before the people. And there at verse 47 it says, And the Lord added to their number daily. He added to the church daily those that would be saved. And I don't know how you got here this morning. I don't know how you started coming to the church. I don't know how you were added like I was added 26 years ago. But that's a privilege to me and it's an honor to participate with the church. And I learned a lot of things in church. I learned how to walk in the character of God. And this is what's supposed to happen at church. And this is why a lot of people want to bring in their agenda to church, their own desire. But we have men like Paul who had a clear understanding of what the church was. And thank God for Paul who says, I considered everything I know garbage. Everything that makes me talented, I consider it refuse. That I might pursue what God desires to manifest in this world. And so I forget what I know, I forget the direction I was headed in, and 
I consider it the past and now I press forward to that which is ahead. And Paul learned that it wasn't his agenda and it wasn't his talents. It wasn't his ability that was going to help the church. In fact, he says, in the area of my weakness is where God was able to glorify his strength. Why? Because usually in the area of our strength, we tell God, get out of the way, here I come. Get out of the way because I've been trained and experienced in these affairs. And God says that he has not any concern for you to participate with your wisdom. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. The strength of this world are weaknesses in the presence of God. God has chosen the foolish things, the things that are not, to show forth his ability and his plan. So you have people like Paul who are able to write letters in 1 Timothy 3.15 to a young man named Timothy. And he says, Timothy, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. I'm a little bit delayed in my travels. But I'm writing you these things so that you might be intimately acquainted with how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Isn't it awesome that God wants to train us up in these affairs? He wants to teach us. He wants to equip us. He wants us to be capable entrusted with these matters so that you know how you should conduct yourself now that you're a member of the family of God what is this house of God family of God it's the church of the living God it's the it's something that you can't find anywhere else this church these people who have Jesus Christ as their head who have a unity in the spirit unseen and unheard of. When's the last time you saw a young person put away big speakers because he cares for the hearing of the elderly? It's not going to happen anywhere. Only in the house of God. In a place where we're trained up of the Lord. Where we're considering how we ought to live. How we ought to move. How we ought to exist. He says this is the pillar it's the column and the ground that supports truth. So that's why the church is seen as with so much hostility and so much animosity. And people don't want to be part of the church unless they're having their own way. But I want to tell you something. That here at the church, we're moved by the Spirit of God. That's our, that's our common point. The Bible says the Spirit of God fills our hearts with the love of God. And so that's who we are as a church. And we're moved by the Spirit of God. And the fruits of the moving in the Spirit of God are called the fruits of the Spirit. And you can tell if you're being moved by the Spirit or by some sense of entitlement or self-righteousness or, or ability. No. Look at Galatians 5.22. Look at the fruits of those moved by the Spirit of God. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. These are the gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits that need to be evident over and above all other things. The character of a man of God. The hallmark of a servant is faithfulness, consistency, 
love, self-control. You're not going to find this out in the workplace, in the workforce. This is only the church. This is, this is that which God has given to these incredible people. Verse 24, 524 says, Those who do not walk in this manner are, are those that have not crucified the flesh. Not said no to your own ways, to your own mindset. Because those who walk with the fruits of the Spirit are those who are telling their passions no. Their desires no. Their flesh no. Take a back seat. There's something more important here than having my own way. And so the work of the Lord is awesome. The work of the Spirit of God is awesome. It produces things we never thought we would have in our lives. And the church is given the great task to go out into the world and to preach the gospel to the lost. I want to ask you, if you're part of the church, are you telling the lost about God? Have you tried to reach those that don't know God? I don't know if Kendra is here today. Does Kendra come? I met a young girl the other day, and we were sitting at the Wendy's ordering lunch. And, and, and reaching out to her saying, you know something, I would love to see you at church this Sunday. Do you go to church? She said, no, I don't go to church, but I promise I'm going to go to your church on Sunday. And so constantly we should be those reaching those that don't know Christ to be connected to the work of God upon the earth. That they might know Jesus Christ, that they might have forgiveness of sin, that they might be found in purpose. And, and what the church does is extremely different than this world. I want to tell you that we're not trained up in this world to be the church. It's only in the house of God that we're equipped and trained. So we preach the loss. And once the lost become believers, what's the next step for these believers? To be trained to become workers in the church. Disciples. That they're able to carry the burden of the work of the Lord. And, and, and learning how to become a worker is learning how to be on the same team. Um, to be a team player. To understand that all of us are better to, than one of us. When we all come together and get in agreement, that's greater than just one of us knowing how to do everything. Greater than just one of us knowing how to do everything. And so Paul writes a little bit about this church in Philippians chapter 2. In verse 1, he says, are you guys, have you tasted Christ? Is there a reward for being a Christian? Is there something different that takes place? Do you feel that there's some evidence of love? Is there a fellowship with the Spirit? Is there any affection and mercy in your gathering? And we're supposed to answer yes to all those. He said, no, 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 no. Well, we got to press into these realities. In verse 2 it says, Then fulfill the Lord's joy by having like-mindedness. We have 500 heads, but we're supposed to have one mind. Being of the same love. Having a unity of mind. You're not going to find that out in the world, only here. And we've been pursuing this for 12 years, so it's obvious 
that down the road someone will decide, well, guess what? I'm not thinking anymore like you guys. I'm not loving like you guys love. I'm not going to be on the same team as everyone who's here. Now, the sad part about this is if you're going to be the church, you're going to have to do this somewhere or you're not the church. And when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back for you because he's coming back for his church. For those that are busy doing what he left us in charge to do. And while all hell has broken loose against us, we have the promise that the gates of hell will not prevail. There's no demon in hell that could come against you when you've purposed to be part of God's team. And so he says if there's any union, if there's any love, if there's any spirit, be like-minded. Well, you know what it says in Philippians um, yeah, chapter 3, verse 1? That there's some people who cannot, who will not. And the Bible says that these are evil workers. These are dogs. These are those that are doing different than what God has left as his charge. Finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write these things over again is not tedious, but it's safe for you. Verse 2. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of those who mutilate the body. Concern yourself with those that aren't building up the church, but they're tearing it down. Who find every occasion to not strengthen the unity of the Spirit, the, the, the order of God. God has given a tremendous order. And, and when we see these things that God is being so uh, warning us of these things, we have to concern ourselves. That we would be those who edify, those that rejoice, those who, who overcome, those that are faithful. And I can tell you the battles are raging. The higher in the leadership capacity you come into church, the more devils want to take you down. And you better know what the church is and you better know why you're here and what you're doing. And making yourself strong in these battles. The book of Jude says that some have come in and they have secretly disguised themselves so they can participate. He says, I was going to write you, Jude, verse 1. I was going to write you concerning these things that concern salvation and faith. But I found it necessary, verse 2. I found it necessary, he says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. See, he's, he's multiplying these things that, that work good. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common faith, this salvation of the Lord, I found it more necessary to, to warn you, to exhort you, that you better get ready to fight for what you believe. What do you mean fight? I thought this was a peaceful place. No, brother, you better have the armor of God. You better develop some character and some some grit in your teeth if not you're not going to be around long earnestly contend talks about a warrior who's ready in season and out of season to fight the battles of the Lord talking about how the devil is roaring about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and I want you guys to find that video please oh we don't have the video connection today Got to the church, and that's another battle. We, we had our internet disconnected this morning. But it says there that you're to contend. Why? Verse 4. Because some 
certain men, and I'm going to tell you certain pastors and certain ministers and certain leaders have crept in unnoticed. What's that mean? Yeah, they have to disguise themselves because they're not here for any profitable manner or method. They have to creep in and pretend they're a part of this place. Certain men have crept in. That's why we need to contend. I'm trying to find out who they are so I can get rid of them. I'm trying to find out who are those that are coming to destroy the works of God. Try to identify, but you don't want to mess up on that because a soul is a precious thing. And I don't want to be responsible before the Lord of having thrown out somebody who God did not want me to throw out. Try to discern if they're a sheep or they're a wolf. And Christ said there are many wolves among us. They're dressed in sheep's clothing. That's why we can't figure it out so easy. But time will tell. Time always tells. These men have crept in and they're unnoticed. They're already marked out for condemnation because they are ungodly men. They don't have anything to do with Christ. They don't look like Jesus. They don't talk like Jesus. They don't walk like Jesus. That's what a godly man is. It's a, a man who's after the heart of God. These men want to play with the grace of God. I could, I could be a devil and God still loves me. That might be true, but you're, you're headed for destruction. They turn the grace of God. They turn the works of God. They say, look how God has prospered me so now I could have three girlfriends. Look how God has prospered me so I could go serve mammon. Look how God has blessed me that now I could turn my life from serving Him to serve the world. When the Bible says if you have friendship with the world, you're God's enemy. You have nothing to do with God. So these men, they tra transfer the grace of God. They transform. God bless me so I could be a millionaire. No, God bless you the day you leave a, le a spiritual legacy to your children. That's the blessing of God. When your children know the God you serve, where your time, where your talents, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so some of us have a great appearance, but we have denied the faith. And they turn the grace of God into lawlessness and lewdness, and they deny any lordship of Jesus Christ. They don't serve the Lord. They serve themselves, the Bible says. And so there's mysteries in this church. And, and in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul speaks about a mystery. He says, husband, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. For I speak of a mystery. That is the church. The church. The bride and Christ coming together in union. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm saying, if you're on a... A topic of sharing the marital relationship, why is it that you would bring up the church? Well, I want to tell you why. Because the greatest proponent and defender of our homes is the church. And if you're going to be in church, you're going to be trained up to be an awesome father and an awesome husband and an awesome son. You're going to be trained up to be an awesome woman of God as you learn how to become a wife. And how you become a mother of your children. And the testimonies are endless in this house. 
Endless men who thought they were prosperous because of a business or because of a, a degree or because some business or because of a, a degree or because some type of in, investment. And they've come to know that they've lost everything because they don't know how to be husbands. They don't know how to be fathers. They don't know how to have a family. They don't know how to be the priest of their home. This is what the church is all about. And that's why people don't want church. And I've had endless line of young people who've come to me and told me, why don't you care that I become famous and popular and, and succeed? You're going to be the most miserable person on the earth if you miss out in God's plan. You could have the greatest secular jobs and accomplishments. And if you never have a family, you'll be a miserable person upon the earth. Because your legacy is to have a husband. Your legacy is to serve your children, your home, your church. And this goes contrary to the ways of this world. I'm reminded that when God first made the first man, he gave him a wife. He gave them children. He says, this is my pattern for prosperity. This is my pattern for fruitfulness. This is my pattern for multiplication. You know what men did? They went to learn how to build buildings and build cities and become engineers and lawyers and doctors. And they forsook the home and they forsook their children. Their children don't even know what a husband is. They don't know what a father is. You know who's teaching that? The church. And you come to the church and all of a sudden you see a transformation. You become the head of your household. I was rejoicing. As I see the transformation being men from, uh, made from these businessmen that are spectacular in the eyes of the world and they're bankrupt at home. They're children. They're not men. They're not, they're not mature in their undertakings at home. Yeah, they can tell you how they go to Las Vegas and blow thousands. They could tell you how they could go to fishing to Bimini. But they cannot tell you what it is to be a man. And they could not tell you how to love their wives. They cannot tell you how to be leave a legacy for their children. You know who teaches that? The church. And I'm not interested in this place for anybody to do anything else than to show forth the glory of God. To learn what it is to be a man of God, to be like Jesus Christ, to love your wife, to be the greatest blessing to your wife that anybody has ever known, to be a father for your children. I rejoice at the countenance of my children. I rejoice. It's the glory of God. And knowing that they are not scared. The Bible says that these children, when they go to the marketplace, they're not going to be scared. They know who they are. They know their God. They know what they're doing in this world. And they're serving Jesus Christ. And they're serving the bride of Christ. And they're serving the kingdom. These, the Bible says, in Psalm 112, shall be the mighty children upon the land. Blessed are those men who fear the Lord, for their children will be powerful and mighty on the earth. The descendants of these men, they will own the dominion over the things of this world. And I, I praise God for this legacy. I praise God for this inheritance. I praise God that we not mix and mingle here and confuse people in the house of God. God has called you to fulfill His purpose, not yours. He's not interested in yours. He's not interested in your plans. He's interested in you following His plans. 
And if you get lost, poor soul, you're going to live a nightmare, I guarantee you. So let's rejoice this morning that we have become part of the church of Jesus Christ. Let's rejoice, let's focus, let's press in to the kingdom. Let's press into these matters. Let's be transformed into thinking. The Bible says not conforming your thoughts to the ways of this world. You can't think like the world or you're going to end up like the world. Being transformed in your thoughts. You know what does that? The Spirit of God. The Word of God. You might build a great tower and legacy to your name and to your intelligence like Pharaoh did in his pyramids. Good for nothing. Destruction. Or you might raise up as a mighty man of God. As a mighty woman of God. In Proverbs 14 verse 1, it can't be more obvious. I love the Bible when it gets down to the reality. A wise woman builds her home. The foolish one destroys it. The church is going to teach women how to build homes. How to have strong families. The legacy of Proverbs 31 is not in the workforce. It's not in the buildings. It's not in the accomplishments. It's not in the intellectual capacities. That's called pride. That's called worldly wisdom. That's called destruction. Speak to me after the service and I'll give you millions of stories of men who pursued these things. Who lost. Lost. But this is what overcomes the world. Even your faith. Believe in God, letting Him influence you. We have marvelous women here who at one time, they were young girls, and I was a youth pastor, and they came up to me and says, Pastor, yes. You know, I want to be a physical therapist. Oh, that's great. Get some good massages. Make a lot of money. You're going to work forever as a physical therapist. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your husband. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your children. You're going to lose great wealth. I love Daisy's testimony. Love it. The sharpest engineer FIU ever had. All the guys were trying to copy her notes all day long. Wanting to know everything she knew, the wisdom of this world. And she came up to me and she says, me and Hector want to get married. What do you, what's the advice? So you want God's advice? Be a wife. Be a mother. Be the strength and column of your family. And the tears, the tears began to run out. I guarantee you she's done better than them all. She chose excellence. It won't be taken away from her. These are testimonies in this place. And people say, oh, pastor's a male chauvinist pig. And I'm not. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see God. I want to see the light of the world. That's a strong woman. Showing forth restraint. Building a home for the glory of God. I'm proud of you. It's awesome. We have Tootie. Businesswoman, entrepreneur, excellence. Decided no more children. It's time to make money, have a three-figure salary, show forth her strength, her, her incredible creativity, interior designer. She was done having kids. We said, no, we're not done. Go back home. She had a marvelous son, Andy, Andres. 
and you see that family blossom. You see God's prosperity. You see his peace. You see his joy. That's the glory of God. That's the church. That's the legacy I want to leave this world. Let's stand today. The world doesn't understand it. They consider it foolishness. They consider it crazy. They consider it a cult. Crazy. They consider it a cult. They could take your daughter into living for this world and they give her trophies. They give her scholarships. They give her money. They further her cause. But I guarantee you that smile is going away. That peace is leaving. The stress of this world is coming down hard. Cast your burdens upon me, the Lord says, and I'll give you a burden which is light and a yoke which is easy. Be meek and humble. Those two things, they're not going to tell you that out there in the world. He says, learn of me. Be meek and humble. Inherit what I have for you. Only the church will tell you that. And I'm not interested in flattering this world. I'm not interested in preaching a gospel that's a prosperity gospel. I want that good old-time religion. I want that, that real stuff. Father, we thank you this morning. Your spirit is so strong in this place. Thank you this morning, Lord, that you've called us to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness. You chose us to transfer us from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of your son. You chose us to be the light of the world and to be about these works, to be about the kingdom business, to understand your ways and your wisdom that flies in the face of conventionality, modern customs, the post-Christian culture, post-modern Christianity. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would be deep-rooted and anchored in these truths that we could pass them down to our children because if we don't, we would have missed the mark. We would have missed the mark. The Bible says in Psalms, I believe it's 49. No, Psalm 78, verse 4, it says, Psalm 78, verse 4 says, we will not hide these things from our children, but we would tell them to the next generation. We will tell them about the praiseworthy works of the Lord, those things that, that are glorious. We will tell about the Lord's power. We will tell them about His wonderful works that He has performed. For He has already established a clear testimony. And He appointed the law in Israel concerning our fathers that they should make known to their children, to the generation that comes, so they might know that the children that are born to us might arise and recount it to their children. If you don't pass this on to your children, your grandchildren are lost. That the generation that comes might know that they might set their hope in God, in God's systems, in God's form of building, edifying, and not forget the works of God but that they might keep His commandments. His commandments are His order. As we sing this song, if you want to renew your vow to the church, I want you to come forward and say, Lord, I'm the church.
I'm those peculiar people that live different than this world. Can you please come to the altar?